You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Last Sunday we had a great time together in baptism and celebrating people making that decision to the journey forward in their walk with God. And uh, I talked last Sunday about these next steps that we should be taking, that uh, in our walk with God, we're not called to just this static relationship where we, we come to Christ and then suddenly we're just, we're, we just stay put. But God calls us to keep growing, to keep moving forward, to keep walking with Him on this journey. And in this message, I, I talked about different things that God calls us to keep moving forward in. And one of those areas was in the area of service or the area of uh, of how we con- uh, contribute to what he what it is he's doing. Now this morning we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 4 and the, the title of my message which is going to come up right now on the screen um, is finding your place. Finding your place. And uh, I believe that when we come to Christ, when we put our 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 trust in him, we're not an island in a, an individual relationship with God that has no connection to anyone around us. But I believe 100% based upon what we see in Scripture that God calls us also into a relationship with other people. In fact, we need one another to become all that God has called us to be. I don't believe we can experience the fullness of God on our own. You can't be all by yourself forever and be all that God wants you to be. You need to be connected to the body. You need to be connected to His body, which is the church. And we see this in Scripture, and we're going to read it, uh, a part of what we see in Scripture uh, today, which is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 16. So it says this, it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip the, his people for works of service, so the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together, by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Boom! You all have a part to play. So in case you thought of what I just said was not valid, we see in Scripture, actually it is valid. We all have something to do. We see actually the the works of, of the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers is to prepare God's people for works of service. And so uh, this is a, a great understanding that the church is, is this place that all of us are being prepared for what God has for us to do. Each one of us for the works of service that he has for us to do, for me as an individual to do. Because God has a purpose that when I put my faith in him, that I would be slotted into his body and that I would have a function in his body. Now, I kind of liken it to a sports team that uh, actually, in many ways, the, the fivefold ministry of the apostles and prophets and evangelists, teachers, that, that, that list is like the coaches preparing the team to play the, to play the game. 
to run the race, to, to do the task that God has called them to do. So in a sports team like rugby that we may have watched over the weekend, gladly or not so gladly, we see actually the team is on the pitch, they're, they're, they're on the ground, they're the ones playing, and the, the coaches are the ones giving directions, giving insight, giving some, some helpful pointers so that the game can be, or that the game can be played to the most effective measure that it can be. Now, often what can happen in church and over church history is that it is in reverse. The coaches are on the, on the, the field playing, and everyone else is in the stands watching them. Right? And you have churches that actually it's all about the pastor, it's all about the evangelist, it's all about someone, some figurehead in that, that space, and everyone else is in the stands watching the coaches play, instead of it being the other way around. And so what we see in Scripture is actually the whole purpose, if the body is going to be built up, it's only going to be built up in love when each part is fulfilling its role. And actually, collectively, we become mature, we become we become the strong unit that is fulfilling the mandate that God has given us as a body. Because the reality is, one part isn't a whole body. One element of your body is not the whole body, it's just an aspect of the body. And so depending on how much the body is, is fully functioning, is how able the body is to move forward. How, how able it is to, to fulfill its purpose. So, the body has each member... Uh, fulfilling its role. And so it kind of, we can look at it from this perspective that each member of the body is important and each member of the body has a function. And so when we look at this within our context of our local church, and if you're visiting with us and you're from another church, then take this, what I'm about to share, and apply it to the church that you're from, okay? But for those of you who call this your home church, man, I'm speaking to the family today, okay? This is a team meeting. This is a, this is a family meeting, I grew up in a family that we all had a responsibility. Mom wasn't going to do everything in the house. I was hoovering, I was cleaning, I was dusting, I was doing my part. We have a family that we all have a part to play still. Caleb has things to do. And we're waiting for Annalise to pick up her slack because there's a lot of chores that are just getting missed right now and I don't know when she's going to... We said we could just leave the dishes until she returns but I think that will just be a little bit extreme. The point is that I have a part to play in my local, my own family. In order for our family to function and to, there to be harmony and for us to be all that God wants our family, we all have a part to play. Now in the local church, in us as center church or whatever church you're from this morning, I believe these things work out in maybe three areas. They, they work out in more areas, but I think in these three areas that we're going to share this morning, I, I think we can find most of our ways in which we contribute to the body. And the first one is in serving. Kind of bog standard serving. We're called to serve, right? We're all called to, to be uh, giving something into it. Jesus himself said this is a great example. And he said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. I didn't come to have everyone kind of wait on me as the Messiah. No, he said, I came to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. I came to give it all to the people in which God the Father has sent me to. I'm called to serve. And so the same way, if He's our head, surely our mandate is the same as the one that, that, that we're following. If He was the servant, was a server, the servant of all, actually we are to be the servants of all. And I believe that we serve in three, three different capacities within the church. First of all, we serve with our giftings, our natural talents, 
Each one of us has something God has given us that's unique. Amen. Amen. You are special. God has put something in your life that's unique, a natural gifting. Now, I've shared about being uh, ministers in the marketplace. I believe those giftings are to be used for the kingdom of God outside the church. But equally, God has a, a role for us to use our giftings in the church. Right? And so if it's administration, we see in Romans, if it's administration, if it's encouraging, if it's serving, if it's, uh, if it's showing mercy, if it's uh, administration. I say that one already. There's a whole list of them. I'll just repeat them twice so it sounds long. No, there's a, there's a lot of gifts that we see in Scripture, natural giftings. That God says, actually, I, I want you to, to be using these things. As with the grace I've given you, I, I want you to, to put those things into action. But then we also have what we see in Scripture, the gifts of the Spirit, which is in 1 Corinthians, where we, we see actually to each one the gifts that have been being given for the common good. And so again, we serve the body with our natural giftings, but we also serve the body by being instruments in which the Holy Spirit can work through, which has nothing to do with us in our talent, but has everything to do with our willingness to be used by the Spirit. And so if every part, if every part is serving naturally in the gifting that we have, but also be willing to be a channel of His Spirit, collectively, the body's being built up. You come to church, you're not just coming to be a taker, you're coming to be a giver. You're coming to, to share something. You're coming with switched on to what the Holy Spirit wants to do through your life. I teach ecclesiology at IBTI and, and we look at the fullness of the church and I, I find it amazing when Paul gives instruction about how the church should operate. You think, is this what we are? Because he's talking about, you know, there should only be, you know, three or four tongues interpretation and one should wait for the other and, and, you know, this whole list of all these things that should happen in the service, but more with the understanding that there needs to be a little bit of guidelines, otherwise it's chaos. I think actually, hold on, we, we, we gotta, we gotta ways to grow into this. Very little shared about any kind of format of church, but more there is about how to, how to, Keep the gifts of the Spirit flowing in an orderly way. And it says each one comes and shares a word, shares an insightful. And it's, you kind of look at this passage of Scripture, you think, holy, there's this, there's this element where everyone is coming contributing something. And really the leadership is only giving some kind of guidance. So it all happens. So everyone has an opportunity to prophesy and, and share. And I think, wow, God, we need to grow. We need to grow in this area. And so we grow and we serve in our natural ability. We share, we grow as we, we move in the gifts of the Spirit. But then we just, we, we grow as we just simply serve in the practical details of church life. I, I look at this example of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Could we say that Jesus had the special anointing of washing feet? Probably not. But he demonstrated just serving those around him. And he said, actually, you need to follow my example with one another. He didn't think himself too great to do something very menial. Actually taking the role of probably a servant in the household to wash the feet of his disciples. These guys have been walking out in the sweaty hot sun and he washed their feet. What's the point? The point is actually there are little practical details that all of us can help out with. He's like, well, I'm not anointed to serve teas and coffees. Well, I don't think anyone is. But that's something we all can do. However, I serve tea to Tom in my house this past weekend. He said it wasn't very good. So clearly, I don't have a tea anointing. But I can make a good coffee. But he didn't want a coffee, so he had a tea. 
Anyways, what's the point? The point is we all can serve in these practical ways. And you know what? It's just about us saying, actually, I'm willing to be part of, of something here. I'm willing to take on some practical things. I'm willing to open a door and shake a hand. Is there a special anointing to open a door and shake a hand? No, actually, all of us can do that. We all can smile at someone and welcome them. You know, we, we all can set out chairs or we can do some very practical details. But actually, when all of us are coming with that mindset of doing something, actually, the, the body has the strength and resilience. Because often what happens is a lot of jobs are being done by few people. And, and actually, that needs to turn around that there are a few jobs being done by many people. And it's, we serve one another. And it's my turn to serve you. And now it's your turn to serve me. And, and we're blessed by one another as each part does its role. So they're serving. Are we happy about that? No, you're not happy. Okay. Are you happy about that? Let's get excited. Yeah. You were called for this. Yeah. You're part of the team. Yeah. We're... Just, this is, this is team talk, okay? Team talk. We're, we're gonna get in the field. We're gonna, we're gonna do something. Jesus. We're gonna surf some teas. We're gonna welcome some doors. We're gonna, we're gonna serve the body. Tom's excited. Yeah. Now, if you're clapping for the first one, you're gonna be jumping up for the second one. It's giving. I tell you what, giving is something that we are called to do. We're called to be givers. And you know what? I think sometimes the church can, can uh, fall foul of having a poverty mentality. We, we live in a culture, in a world that it, it can be very much centered around me and what I'm getting out of it. And, and I, I, I need to take out of it as much as I can. And actually, when God has given all for us, he, he's, he kind of laid this example of what generosity looks like when he gave his one and only son. And in the same way, he who became, ev- who was everything, emptied himself, taking the role of a servant. He says, come on now. I'm calling you now to reflect me. And, and one of the ways in which we reflect his generosity is by us giving. Now, we see what predates the law. We see this this side of tithing. And I know tithing in the church can be something that uh, people say, ah, oh, it's Old Testament stuff. And in an element, yeah, okay, it is in the Old Testament. However, there's a principle that we see that even before the law was given, Abraham recognized that 10% belonged to the Lord. Now, so I want us to understand one thing. If we're going to look at the fullness of Scripture, tithing actually isn't us giving, but actually is giving to the Lord what is already His. And our giving is actually on the other side of tithing. So offerings, offerings are something that's above the tithe. How can I give something that doesn't belong to me? So if God is saying, look, 10% belongs to me. So I want you to be faithful with that element of it. And actually everything beyond it, that's now the free will offering. That's the side of it where we see in Corinthians where you're not to give reluctantly or under compulsion, but God looks for a cheerful giver, but decide in your heart where you're going to give. That was on the side of a free will offering to help those in need. It was a gift that was being given to the church in Jerusalem, but the context was an offering. Now, I know that we're not under law, and I don't suddenly want to bring law into the say, look, we're all under law. If you don't give, boom. No, we've been saved from 
God has redeemed us from the law through Christ Jesus. However, the principles remain. And I, I believe firmly in my own life. We practice it. I practice it from a teenager till now to give the Lord 10%. And then I've, I, I've heard people say, well, do I give 10% of the net of my earning or 10% of the gross of my earnings? What a great question. Well, I'm going to answer it from what I believe scripture to be. Now, our earnings include taxes and include benefits. Now, if you go to the NHS, if you have a problem and you, and you, 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 you look to the government to offer us assistance in that, it's because you pay taxes. We have roads, we have all these things, we have infrastructure, so we're benefiting from the taxes. Are we not? Some of you are in question there. That's okay. We have an election. You can change history. <laughs> What's the point is that even in our tax, there's a blessing to us. We're giving towards something that is our, is blessing us in return. And so why I've always looked at it from this perspective that I am tithing off my gross because the tax is also for my blessing. Jesus said when he was questioned, is it right to give to Caesar? Is, you know, is it right to, um, to, yeah, to give to Caesar. It's the right to pay taxes. And, and what did Jesus say? Look, you give to Caesar what is Caesar's and you give to God what is God's. And so, wherever you stand on this, I, I encourage you to take a step of faith. You know, I've shared this in the past, but it's the only time in Scripture where we do see God say, test me. Test me. Test me in this. In Malachi, we see God say, test me in this and see if I don't do so much more than what you could dare to do. It says, Malachi 3.10, it says, Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will have not enough room for it. What's the point is that God says, look, you're holding on to something that is, is, is uh, withholding from me, able to bless you, to help you. And I don't believe necessarily in the prosperity gospel where we give to get, but I do believe in honoring His Word. And there's a blessing that always comes, no matter what His Word is, when we honor him at what he says. Even Corinthians, and this is on the side of, of offerings. It says, look, it says, now that, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through your, through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. What's your next step in that? I tell you what, year on year, God challenges me to give more and more. And I don't share what I'm sharing, saying, look, I'm here as the recipient. No, I, I want to be, you know, my goal over the years has been the biggest giver, but I, I realize that's not always obtainable. There has been moments in church life, I have been the greatest giver, uh, just because we were church planting and no one else was giving. So it was easy. But I know I want to model this. I, I, it would be great to live off 10% and give, be giving 90% away. It'd be great to, to live in that side of grace. Of, I'm going to be generous on every occasion. I, I want to move in that space. But at least be faithful with the, the basics. I'm not sowing someone else's resource, which is the tithe, which belongs to God anyway. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honored God with my tithe. And now go, we're, the, the faith side is on, on the giving of my offerings and being generous on that other front because there's no limit to what I can give. 
So let's not be under the law, let's move under grace. But at the same point, we got to give something and not move in the mentality of, it's all about me, I, I, I'm here to take, I'm, I'm here to be a recipient. No, you're here to give. Oh, you can clap here at this point. You can, yeah, I'm here to give. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Team talk. You're not a taker, you're a giver. Yeah, that's what the body's all about. And again, if you're from another church here, go back to your church and give more offering than you've ever given before. Why? Because God is able. He's able to supply and make, uh, make it possible what is impossible. Now, I believe also you need to budget your finances. Don't say, okay, I've, I, I live off 100% of my income and now I'm going to give 10% to God and not change any way in which I live in my expenditures. No, you need to make sure that you set aside that money so that you don't run short at the end of the month. You need to budget your finances. I believe in that, that process. But God is able to increase. As we're faithful, as good stewards, God is able to bring increase. And so come on, let's, let's be a church that's generous and, be, and giving into this thing. All right, I told you we'd be excited about the second point. All right, the third one. We're going to move right on. The third point is this, is praying. We're a church that's, I believe, we're, we're called to, to serve the body in serving, in giving, and third, in praying. We're all called to, to pray. In Ephesians 6, 18 to 20, Paul was writing to the church, and he's right at the end of his letter. And we're going to come back to these passages in a few weeks' time. But it says this, it says, and I pray and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind. Keep uh, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. There it is. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm ambassador in change, chains. Pray that I may declare in fearlessly as I should. As members of a body, we're called to, to pray for one another. And, and again, some of these other things, I, I get that there are times in life that maybe the physical helping in the church, okay, there might be reasons why you can't do that. That's okay. But I tell you what, we can all pray. You say, I don't have much money to give. Well, give what you can. The, 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 the pennies that were in the offering that the, the widow gave, God looked at with honor. Jesus looked at with honor. But I tell you, none of us are without excuse when it comes to the area of prayer. We can all pray. You, you might not be able to do anything else in the church. You might have no income coming in at all, but you certainly can pray. And so we can pray in, in three areas. We can pray for those facing challenges in the church family. Pray for all the saints. Pray for the people. I tell you what, week after week, things come through the prayer chain of situations, desperate situations of what's going on. Man, let's pray for one another. Be on each other's side. I mean, again, if you think of the team analogy, a team supports one another. If someone is struggling, we're all struggling. If someone is hurting, the Bible says we're all hurting with that person. We're all praying together. And I tell you what, I, I love coming to our prayer meetings. And, and when we pray for one another, we pray for the needs in the church and the family situations. You know what? It's exciting to know that you're part of something that if it's me on the other end of that prayer, I know there are people that's going to be praying for me. But we need to do our part when we can to be praying. We need to be praying for the ministries and outreach of the church that God, he would move by his spirit. But Paul says, look, you need to be praying for me. 
And I think sometimes we can look at even someone like the Apostle Paul saying, he's got it all together. He doesn't need prayer. He's the great man of God. Paul recognized his weakness. He recognized that, look, there are moments I, I, I need your prayers. And you know what? I, I think sometimes, again, even if you're from other churches, it's easy to look at the, the, the shortcomings of leadership. I look at my life and I, I look at the, my weakness. And I realize that, you know what? The church isn't all that it could be. My leadership isn't all that it could be. But I say like, Paul, pray, please pray for me. That I would fulfill my role that God has called me to in this place. Pray for the leadership. Pray for the people around us. You know, it, I, I, I went through church life and I remember getting caught up in this, this temptation of finding the faults of those who are leading us. And I, I remember... I was a youth pastor at the time, and uh, we had a youth leadership team, and, and, you know, I didn't always agree with what the senior pastor was doing, and funny that, isn't that? Um, I thought I knew better as a 20-year-old than the 50-year-old leader. I, I thought I knew better. And I remember as a youth leadership team, you know, sometimes I would start to get into our conversation, starting to badmouth what was going on in, in the leadership level. And I remember God challenging me that I was there to support I was there, we were there as a team to support the leadership. And we mustn't digress to that. But we need to pray. We need to admonish. We need to encourage. We need to stand behind. And I, I, I told our team, because they weren't what they, some of them said, you know, Sunday morning service seemed a bit detached to where we were. And they didn't want to come to church on Sunday morning. I was like, you will not be part of the team unless you're coming to church Sunday morning. Unless we're standing with the leadership. We're not part of this. You're not part of my team. But I, equally, I had to put my heart in the right place. Now I look back at that, the, the senior leader, and I admire him. It's funny, as you get older, you admire the people you sometimes struggled with. I struggled with him at times, but I admired now. I see him from a different vantage point. As I'm in his role, and I realize the pressures he was under. What's the point? The point is, we're all called to pray. We're all called to lift up, to encourage, to admonish. And I, I want to encourage you, you as a as part of this church family. Make it part of your routine, even in, in your private time of prayer. Just say, okay, God, would you just move and center church? You don't need to spend hours praying every week unless you want to. But it's just a matter of it being on your radar of prayer. that You continue to pray. Pray pray for leadership. Pray for what's going on. Pray for some of the situations. Just, just as it comes to mind, as the Holy Spirit brings it to your remembrance, just, just pray. I believe as we do that, we will be strengthened. The battle is won spiritually before we see it physically. And as we, as we seek God collectively, God honors that unity in the spirit. I've discovered it's also very difficult to be at odds with the people I'm praying for. Sometimes the people we struggle with within the body, start praying for them. Praying God's blessing, praying God to move in their lives. I tell you what, God changes our hearts in that process. As we start to pray over one another. As members of this body. We're all called to serve one another in some way or another. And we will become the church that is growing. And perpetually being built up in love. As each one does their role. And so I think as we come to the tail end of this message. That the question ultimately is. Is what is each one of our roles in this? I think in each, all three of these categories, <coughs> excuse me, there's something that we can do. I think when it comes to serving, 
I think it's good that all of us can have something we say, this is, this is the one rule that I do, or many rules that I do, but there's something. I think if we're able-bodied, there, there's no excuse for us not to contribute in some way in the church family, to, to, to help in some way. But again, we say, I don't have much money to give, but you know what? Are we honoring God with what we do have? Are we, are we being faithful with our, our offerings on a, and our tithing on a, on a monthly basis? Are we praying for one another? What, what is your part to play? I can't do your part. You can't do my part. But if we each do our own part, man, we're a team on fire. We're like South Africa. Is that too soon to say? <laughs> Tell you what, God has something special for each one of us. And it's found when we say yes to Him. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.